lighthouse in the middle of the National Forest was a sight to behold. A relic of the past, its weather-worn stone walls and towering structure stood defiantly against the elements, surrounded by the beauty of the dense forest that stretched as far as the eye could see. History whispered through the aged bricks, telling tales of ships guided safely by its light in years gone by. As the park ranger Jenna arrived at the lighthouse, she was met with an eerie sense of quietude. The air felt charged with anticipation, as if something was waiting to reveal itself. However, upon initial inspection, everything seemed normal. Jenna explored the lighthouse, climbed the winding stairs to its peak, and marveled at the breathtaking views. As the sun dipped below the horizon, casting long shadows across the forest, Jenna decided to spend the night in the lighthouse before returning to the main base in the morning. She made herself comfortable, feeling a mix of excitement and apprehension about the prospect of spending a night alone in the historic structure. As night enveloped the forest, Jenna lit a small lantern and settled in for the night. However, the tranquility was short-lived. Whispers danced through the air, almost imperceptible at first, but soon growing louder and more unsettling, knocking echoed through the walls, as if an unseen presence demanded attention at the lighthouse's door. Jenna approached the door cautiously, heart pounding in her chest. She opened it, but there was no one in sight. The forest outside seemed to be swaying with a life of its own, yet there was no human presence to explain the eerie sounds. She felt like she was being watched, the sensation of discomfort intensifying with each passing moment. Determined to uncover the source of the eerie occurrences, Jenna continued her exploration of the lighthouse. She ventured into the basement, guided only by the flickering light of her lantern. The air felt heavy and oppressive, as if the walls themselves held secrets of their own. As she opened the basement door, Jenna gasped in horror. There, stumbling and waddling before her, was a creature like nothing she had ever seen before. Its ghastly appearance was enough to make her stomach churn, and its vacant, hollow eyes sent shivers down her spine. The creature was tall, impossibly so, and disturbingly skinny, as if it had emerged from the depths of a nightmare. Without warning, the creature lunged at Jenna, its disfigured jaw opening wide with a haunting scream. In a moment of terror, Jenna's world went black, as the creature overpowered her. When Jenna woke the next day, the sun was shining, and everything appeared to be back to normal. The eerie occurrences had ceased, leaving her bewildered and questioning her own sanity. Had it all been a vivid dream, or had she truly encountered a malevolent presence within the lighthouse's walls? Growing up, I'd always been a curious and imaginative child. I was about six or seven years old at the time, and like most kids, I would occasionally wake up in the middle of the night feeling scared or uneasy. This particular night was no different, and I found myself wide awake, the darkness of my room feeling heavier than usual. Seeking comfort, I decided to head to my parents' room. Their door was shut, and for reasons I couldn't explain, I didn't dare open it. Instead, I sat down in the hallway on my beloved Garfield pillow, feeling a strange sense of unease in the dimly lit corridor. As I sat there, trying to make sense of my sudden fear, 
I saw something that sent chills down my spine. A figure emerged from the darkness, walking into the middle of the hallway. It was black darker than anything I had ever seen, as if it were made of an impossibly deep abyss. The other figure was mostly humanoid, but its head was elongated, resembling the bird-like plague masks from centuries past. Frozen in terror, I watched as the figure stopped in the middle of the hall, and then, to my utter horror, turned to look directly at me. Its eyes were large, a haunting greenish-yellow color that seemed to pierce my very soul. The world around us seemed to stand still, the air thick, with an almost tangible sense of dread. And then, just as suddenly as it had appeared, the figure was gone. The darkness of the hallway swallowed it whole, leaving me alone and trembling with fear. I bolted back to my bed and hid under the covers, hoping that whatever that thing was, it wouldn't return. To this day, I can still vividly recall the chilling encounter, the image of those haunting eyes forever etched in my memory. I don't know what it was that I saw that night, but it remains one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Not me, but my father experienced it. It was last summer in the evening, and we lice pretty secluded. He came back later that evening, and told me that he saw us five, six light balls flying in formation near his location, away from him. While doing so, they changed their formation regularly, and even though he couldn't estimate how fast they really were, at least from his view they started out slow and accelerated a lot till he lost sight. He asked me if this could have been some natural occurrence, because he said he never saw us like that before. My X-Files trained brain screamed UFOs. After I told my father that with a smirk grin in my face, he made me promise not to tell anybody about this, to prevent his buddies making fun of him. Man, I'm so jealous that he got to see it and not me. My husband has always been an avid outdoorsman and loves to swap stories with his friends about their adventures in the wild. I remember one evening when we were sitting by the fire, and he shared a chilling tale that had been passed down to him by a close friend. As a pregnant woman with a foggy memory, I'll try my best to recount the story as it was told to me. His friend, let's call him Mark, had been an experienced hunter and was no stranger to spending nights alone in the wilderness. One autumn day, he ventured deep into the woods, hoping to bag a deer from his tree stand, a hideout spot nestled high up in the branches. As the sun began to set, Mark settled into his tree stand, waiting patiently for his prey. But as night fell, an eerie stillness settled over the forest, broken only by the occasional rustle of leaves. It wasn't long before Mark realized that he wasn't alone. From the darkness, he could hear strange noises, unlike anything he had ever encountered in his years of hunting. The sounds were guttural and menacing, sending a shiver down his spine. Paralyzed with fear, Mark could only sit there, praying that whatever was stalking him would lose interest and move on. But the creature, whatever it was, didn't leave. Instead, it stayed throughout the entire night, its chilling presence a constant source of terror for Mark. The once brave hunter was reduced to a quivering mess, 
his mind racing with thoughts of what might happen if the creature decided to strike. Finally, morning arrived, and with it, a renewed sense of courage. Using the opportunity, Mark climbed down from his tree stand and sprinted back to his car, not daring to look back. He never did find out what had stalked him that night, but the experience left a lasting impression on him. As my husband finished recounting the story, I couldn't help but feel a chill run down my spine. I knew that the woods held many mysteries and unknown dangers, but this tale was a stark reminder that sometimes, the most terrifying encounters are those that we cannot explain. About 10 years ago, I took my brother and friend with my two dogs quail hunting and found a trail leading from the desert up into a feeder canyon in the southern Sierra Nevada. I parked the truck at the trailhead and there were a couple of run-down abandoned cabins on either side of the trail. We were all strapped with handguns and we announced ourselves and approached the cabins. One of them had a real cool old attachment shack made of rocks against the slope of the hill. None of us got any bad vibes and the dogs were fine, so we split up and started hunting. Now at one point, I started chasing a covey away from the cabins in the direction that we came, and I noticed in my peripheral vision a man with crossed arms off my left about 40 yards away, and when I did a double take, all I saw was a Joshua tree in that same spot, so I kept after me dogs and birds and I again felt someone looking at me from a different spot but on the same side of the mountain. And again when I turned, it was a Joshua tree. The real strange thing is that later that morning, I went hunting past the cabins into the canyon, and my brother was on the slope, about 150 feet above me, looking for Chukar. He later told me that when he saw me by the creek thicket, below him a gray mist cloud moved down the canyon, and went over me and my dogs between him and me, and he said that made him feel real uneasy. Nothing else happened on the trip, but if I believed in ghosts, I would say that some miner is guarding his stash up there. I have tried to go back to that spot over the years, but the wife and kids get mad, and have said that I'm going to bring back some bad mojo. If I go so, I let it be. Every summer on the way to Bishop, I look off towards the Sierras, and see the haunted canyon far off in the distance. This was told to me by one of the guys who had the encounter. He and his hunting partner were hunting somewhere in Utah. I'm being vague because I don't remember exactly where, and I'm sworn to secrecy, so no identifying info. They were on horses in the middle of nowhere in a large blind canyon, one way in one way out. Lots of deadfall took most of the day on horseback to get in, so to set the scene, middle of nowhere and tough country, they come upon a guy dressed in 1950s hunting apparel, standing in the middle of a deadfall that no one had any business standing in. They had rode in from the bottom and did not see any traces. They approached to make themselves friendly. Horses want nothing to do with this guy's. An air of tension is casting a pall on this whole interaction. The guy is nice enough except for the fact that he had red eyes. Not pothead, ripped out of his mind red, dulling red eyes. Yep, red flannel in the middle of nowhere and glowing red eyes. They took their leave, both nervous. 
My buddy looked back at the guy, gone, nowhere to go, but he was not there. My friend has only told this to a couple of people, and I know, it's a little anticlimactic, but at the time it scared the crap out of two grown men with rifles growing red-eye dude, had no rifle. My friend is sure that he met the devil himself that day. They have never been back. Hunting about 10 miles into a trail in central California, near Santa Barbara for deer. It's the last morning as we are out of water, and I'm tired of boiling and drinking warm water from a little spring. Didn't have a filter, but wish I did. Watched a small buck walk up a hill and disappear into the brush. A few seconds later, heard the most shrilling and blood-curling scream I ever heard. Looked at my friends, and they were wide-eyed too. Sounded like a banshee or women being stabbed. Included, it was probably a weird bird sound, and proceeded to take off running towards where I saw the buck disappear. In hopes of relocating it, and confirming it was too small to legally take. Right where the scream came from, found nothing, and called it quits and hiked out of there. In my city, there's this old mansion surrounded by acres of land, which is also a park. Out in the country, the frontage road main road is lined with tall palm trees for several miles but it's all flatlands from the mansion to a main highway intersection, about 15 miles. There's stories of the mansion and surrounding area being haunted, so a group of us would go out there at late at night, just to see if we'd see anything. So one night a bunch of us with nothing better to do go out there and drive around the park. After a while of not seeing anything, we decide to head down towards the highway. Now, it's late at night in the country, no one is on the road when all of a sudden it appears there's a car coming towards us in the opposite direction it's not the headlights that we see but the glare of the headlights like the top of the lights as if it were to come up from hill best way to describe it anyways i turn down my high beams because i don't want to blind the other driver when we all notice the car isn't coming closer approaching us since i'm driving i'm thinking weird so I speed up, thinking the oncoming car will be visible. Again, this is a flat road, there's no hills, so I'm getting a little nervous that this car's headlights has not come into view. The other thing, no matter how fast or slow I was driving, that light kept the same distance, never getting any closer or farther. I'm getting a little freaked out, and I'm still driving fast like 60-70 miles per hour and we are still just seeing the top of what should have been headlights. After about maybe 10 minutes, the light disappears. So we think that we'll catch up to what we think is a parked car. But no. Nothing. We reached the intersection for the highway, and there was no car or anything. That road is a two-way yeah. road grape fields on both sides, so there's no way it could have pulled off to the side. We drove back down that road, to head back towards the mansion and to the city, but those car lights never appeared and we never figured out what it was. Years ago, I lived in a forest in a tiny house with a flat roof. 
It might sound unbelievable, as in horror movies, but close to our house was a land with housing for people in bad mental condition. As a social worker, I'm not scared because of it at all, and I think it's really nice we were all lucky to live in the middle of beautiful nature. One night I was home alone. I drank my drink and smoked my smoke by smoke, those days when I heard something walking over the roof of the house. First a louder boof like a jump, some weird running around, that over and over and over, I like fantasy, thrillers, splatter, sci-fi. But believe me, not when you feel like you're in the middle of that. It was hard to escape the sound. I didn't want to go outside in the deepest night, so I laid under my blanket, hoping it would stop or I would fall asleep. But I couldn't. Then I heard the blinds and realized I left my window open. I started to hear my heartbeat in my head, then some scratching behind the TV, even though my lights were still on. You kept my eyes powerfully shut. And then there was that one moment I thought. I can lay here waiting to get murdered, or at least do my best and scare back. I crawled out under my blanket, took my guitar as some sort of damaging baseball bat and shuffled towards the TV. I heard the scratching and saw water coming out under the TV table, whatever that was behind the TV was about to get squished between the wall and my guitar. I did a Conan, the barbarian pose, and pressed the guitar behind my TV to be shocked with the most terrible scream ever. I froze, and there he was. A big fat red cat finally flew next to my head, towards the blinds straight out of the window. I never knew I could be this retarded. They should have brought me to the land for people in bad mental condition. My husband's extended family lives in New Brunswick, while his parents moved to Ontario and raised their kids here. Eventually, my in-laws retired back to New Brunswick, about 1,400 kilometers away. So, my husband's maternal grandmother was sick for a while. His parents got the call one night that she had taken a turn for the worse and to come right away. They literally packed and left Ontario right away and we're driving down across an old, old logging highway in the middle of New Brunswick. See my older post for a short gif of the desolate road, when a moose ran out onto the road and reared in front of their car. They restopped the car, and the moose walked up to the windows and looked into the cab, literally leaving breath on the windows. Eventually it walked away. They get to the hospital in the middle of the night, only to find out that Grandma passed away exactly at that time. Fast forward 30 years, my husband's mom is terminally ill. Her kids and grandkids have convened in New Brunswick for her last days, for several days before her death. We come home from the hospital to find moose tracks in the driveway, especially around the windows of the house. My husband's cousin has to go back to Ontario and leaves the hospital to get ready. Within an hour of this, my husband's mom had passed away. Fifteen minutes after her passing, I get a text from his cousin, a picture of a moose standing beside their garage. Never, before or after, has anyone seen a moose in the yard. While out, hiking in the middle of the night with my friends in California, we came across a mountain lion. We were headed down the mountain, my friend at the front, another one of my friends in the middle, and myself 
In the back, the front friend suddenly stopped and asked, Did you guys hear that? I thought he was joking, but asked what? Anyway, consequently, I looked to my left off the trail and saw glowing eyes staring back at me about 15-20 feet away. I pushed the button on my headlamp to make it shine brighter and saw the silhouette of a mountain lion. We all stared at it in fear, and it stared back. Finally, I called out and raised my arms above my head. Hey lion, in an attempt to scare it away, this next part I'll never forget. It blinked exactly once, and very slowly, like how common housemate blink. Then it turned away and we couldn't see it anymore. All the way down the mountain, we shouted random things to scare it away, if it was even still following us. We even had a conversation while shouting just to keep our minds off it. Mind you, we were terrified. Remember every 20 seconds or so, I would check behind us and scan the area to see if it was following us. Also, myself and the friend in the front had our knives drawn, as if my little leatherman would have made a difference in the event of an attack, knowing that mountain lions attacked their prey from behind and with myself being in the back of the group. My friend very well could have saved my life. I like to explore, and there's some woods by my house that my neighbors gave me permission I go in. So they know I go there sometimes just to walk or to explore with friends. So there's this old bridge that somehow was knocked down, and I enjoy going there, so one day I figure I'll make a cool video edit of it. So I ride my bike to the greenway by the creek, It's and I start down it, everything is fine. I get to the fence line that's down Hoppet, he'll have permission here. So I push my bike a bit farther than unload leaving my bike hidden, with my pack not sure why hidden, but I don't want anything to happen to it. So I start to walk to the bridge with two GoPros, one on a chesty, another on a selfie stick. I get there, take some cool pictures and video. I'm finishing up and realize crap I didn't get B-roll. So I start recording again, just getting standard shots when all of a sudden I hear a truck or ITV pull up, which I thought was weird. Since my neighbors were not home, and it's an overgrown grass lane, leading to the bridge also you can't see the bridge from the road and also my neighbors would have seen me enter their property so i start to leave since i have no idea who it is and i heard them beep oh, i can hear it on the video so i hide behind a pine tree i know smart than someone yells hey at this point i just run to my bike and leave i still have no idea who it was and the last time i went back alone i got weird feeling and left also, not the only strange thing that happened to me here. I was coyote hunting in the dark, maybe 3 a.m. I am not one of weak stomach, I work with pigs. I smell this rotting, disgusting, horrible smell. I find a nearby small cave and look inside. There were maybe six dead coyotes and just gore, bloody shit and body parts. None of it was human. I then heard struggled breathing and hacking coughing, armed with a semi-automatic shotgun. I was not afraid until I saw this thing. Pasty white, hairless, ugly. It was similar to the made-up rake, but this was real. I aimed and fired twice. It was about 15 feet away. It recoiled and ran off, screeching as it ran. I paged a local ranger office. 
they sent out a recovery team and police showed up later. I was questioned and the cave was discovered and the human parts recovered. The area was locked off from public access for a while. At friend's house. Friend was in garage working on dirt bike. Driveway empty because parents left a while ago. Go inside to grab a soda but decide to look for his cat. Who I haven't seen all day. I walk into the office and as I'm calling her name, a deep man's voice goes meow right into my right ear. I jump and run around the main floor looking for who said that. Didn't find anyone. Late one night, as a weary trucker, I found myself taking a shortcut down an unfamiliar highway due to an unexpected detour. The road stretched on endlessly, and an eerie sense of foreboding gnawed at me as I drove deeper into the darkness, and I knew I had to stay vigilant, for the stories of this cursed highway were whispered among truckers, and I was now amidst the very road that fueled their fears. And he couldn't shake the feeling of being watched as I navigated through the ghostly stretch of road. The haunting silence was only broken by the faint hum of my truck's engine and the distant echoes of past accidents that seemed to linger in the air. My knuckles turned white as I gripped the steering wheel tighter, hoping to reach familiar ground soon. Suddenly, movement caught my eye, and I glanced out the window. There, just a few yards ahead, something crossed the road. My heart leaped into my throat as I caught sight of the cryptid that stood before me. The figure was short, about 130 centimeters, and its gaze was fixed intently upon me. Its grayish-green pallor sent shivers down my spine, and large, dark, pupil-less eyes stared into my soul. The creature's head and body were covered in heavy skin folds, giving it an appearance that was both otherworldly and ancient. The thin beard adorned its face, making it seem as if it were an elderly being, bearing the weight of countless years. To my astonishment, another figure soon emerged beside the first one. This second entity was slightly shorter and appeared younger, but they both shared a resemblance to aged gnomes. They communicated in gestures and low murmurs, and it was as if time itself had twisted around them. My heart raced, and I slammed on the brakes, bringing the truck to a screeching halt. Fear and disbelief washed over me as I struggled to comprehend what lay before my eyes. Had exhaustion and the stories of this haunted highway played tricks on my mind, but the clarity of the sight before me was undeniable. I sat frozen in my seat, my breath quickening, as I watched the two enigmatic beings. The seconds ticked by, feeling like an eternity, and then, just as mysteriously as they had appeared, they dissolved into thin air, leaving me alone on the endless road once more. My mind reeled as I tried to process the surreal encounter. Was I losing my mind, or had I truly witnessed something inexplicable? The haunted stretch of highway seemed to mock me, revealing its secrets and taking them away just as quickly. I knew I had to share my encounter, but who would believe me? After a restless night, I finally made it to my destination, my mind burdened with the weight of the inexplicable event. As days passed, I kept replaying the encounter in my mind, searching for answers in vain. 
It was dark. I was driving my truck going south on Highway 219 out of Hillsboro. I had the truck's bright lights on. I was scanning the countryside for wildlife, as is my practice. I've seen hundreds of deer and a number of elk over the years. Not necessarily in this location, or should we, but what I saw that night made my mouth drop open. I saw a very tall, shaggy, golden-brown animal with two very long legs. Its arms were hugging its sides. It was standing as still as a tree as the headlights hit him. My first impression was that is the biggest deer I have ever seen in my life, Emperor, even though it was looking directly into the headlights. The eyes were not reflective. It had no antlers, and as I got closer I saw that it didn't have hind legs or a horizontal body attached was taller than an elk and much, much taller than a white-tailed deer. I would estimate that it stood approximately eight feet tall. It had a good build well proportioned. The hair seemed to be about four inches long and covered all the body except for the eyes. The head was round on top with little or no neck. The face appeared flat and the nose was small enough not to be noticed. The hair had a slight wave to it. It did not lay flat. To tell the truth, it looked a lot like Chewbacca's pee from Star Wars. It was standing in a field about two, three pickup lengths from the road, facing the road at an angle in such a way that my headlights hit him straight on as I approached, and I could see him from the side as I passed him. It was going 55 miles per hour, so I saw him for only seconds. But the image is etched in my brain. I've thought about this since the day it happened, and can figure out nothing else that it could be other than a Sasquatch. I finally decided to report it. Also noticed, everything was ordinary. I was in such denial of what I saw that I didn't even turn the car around, but the image stayed in my mind. I drove by the field again and about an hour later, the animal was gone. Where it all began in, in the heart of Appalachia. That's where I first had the encounters that would forever change my perspective on the world. I'm not one for tall tales or flights of fancy, but what I saw, as absurd as it sounds, was real. I remember the day as clear as a bell and was walking through the woods, lost in the peaceful rhythm of nature, when I noticed a peculiar movement in my peripheral vision. As I squinted, Trying to make sense of what I was seeing, my eyes landed on a small figure, no more than 12 inches tall. It was a tiny man, or so it seemed, dragging another creature by the ankle. I could barely believe what I was seeing, but there was no denying it. The creature being dragged was no ordinary critter. It was a fairy, and by the looks of it, either unconscious or worse. You know how preposterous it sounds, trust me. I've wrestled with the logic of it for years, but I saw it with my own eyes. The tiny man and the fairy, right there in the heart of Appalachia. Fast forward four years, and I found myself face to face with the unbelievable once more. Where again, I was in the woods, not far from where I had the first encounter. This time, I saw fairies, a whole group of them, fluttering about, their wings shimmering under the filtered sunlight. I don't expect anyone to believe me, at least not anyone who hasn't seen it with their own eyes. Knowing this story is a risk, one that opens me up to ridicule and disbelief. 
Yet the truth of what I saw remains, etched in my memory. It's a secret I carry, one I can't share with the people I know in real life. They wouldn't understand, wouldn't be able to accept it, but maybe, just maybe, there are others out there who've seen what I've seen, who know that sometimes reality is stranger than we could ever imagine. I once climbed the wrong couloir on the Middle Teton after getting bad route advice. My camera worked fine before and after entering the couloir, but when I tried to take pictures from the base, it showed only weird ghostly images of the rock with half the pixels missing. End up stranded alone on a ledge at 12,000, 500 feet with no sleeping bag. Search and Rescue said I was the third person they knew about soloing the route that year. One died and the other barely survived with a severe brain injury. I turned out okay, but a dude died the same night on the route I should have been on. Not sure what my camera was trying to tell me. And near where I go to school, there's a massive state park that is rumored to have an old Air Force research facility in the back corner of it. The front part is visited frequently by hikers, hunters, and whatnot. But if you wander into the back of it far enough, you find some really creepy stuff from meth heads to cults to estranged citizens. Where a couple of good ones come to mind. The ROTC program used to do field training out there once a semester and part of it is a land navigation course. That pretty much consisted of the cadets out in the woods by themselves for around five to six hours navigating the land. I've heard from multiple people they'll be walking to their next point or take a break on a tree and find human skeletons or bones. Another one that happened to me when some friends and I were hunting exploring one weekend. We were wandering through woods when we came up to a clearing. And the clearing is this old run down and almost abandoned church. We didn't really think anything of it at first, but we noticed that there were things off with it. First the cross on the steeple was upside down. Then we noticed there were no windows on the building itself at all. We were about to come out of the clearing to have a look around when the door opened to it and a man in black robes came out for a minute and then went back inside. That's when we booked it out of there. I have tons of stories of that national park. They hate going there every time we go, but the stories that come out of it are something else. First of all, I have been very reluctant to tell this story in fear of being ridiculed. I did send a not-so-well-written report to BFRO some years ago, and because I was in fear of being ridiculed, I did not participate in a follow-up investigation, and therefore the story was not published. I've read some other reports people have submitted and can relate. Anyway, to my story, I was driving one night in the coast range of Oregon above the small town of Falls City. I had some friends with me who will remain unidentified. We drove up the Black Rock Mainline Road and turned off onto a small dead-end logging road. As I turned left going up the ridge, I noticed there were some campers in the area. There were several vehicles parked alongside of the road. There were tents and a good campfire burning with people standing around the fire. I drove past the campers slowly and turned my truck around and headed back in the direction in which I came from. 
As I just started towards the campers, I heard a very loud howling type scream. The sound came from my left and behind me, down the hill, not from the area of the camp. The pitch of the scream was from low to high as I recall. The scream was very loud as I heard it over the volume of my stereo, which in fact was quite loud at the time. The scream seemed to go on for some time, maybe as long as four, six seconds. We all were scared. The old expression of the hair raising up on the back of your neck is actually true and exactly what happened in this case. I drove out of the area SAP, one of my friends, and I returned the following day during daylight. Even being there during the day gave me the creeps. The campers were gone. I did not get out of the truck and drove out of the area. I have been back to the area a few times over the years, initially to show people the area and during deer hunting season. I will not forget that night. Certainly I cannot say it was a Bigfoot, however it was a sound that was totally unnatural to humans. A sound I had never heard before and hoped to never hear again.